Welcome back to Don't Caught a Book Club. My name is Luke. The name's Party Dan. <laughs> okay, I know why you're saying this. Um, but but before we get there, let me just say today today we're we've finished a darker shade of magic. Done with the book. But but tell me why tell me why you're party dan. Luke, I've just returned from a whirlwind weekend in the big easy, Nolens, as they call it, for the festival of Martin Gras. Oh, okay. That's right, okay. Luke. Of Martin Gras. I was at Mardi Gras this weekend. <laughs> so how was it? What is Mardi Gras? Okay, actually? this is this is a fantastic question. So your boy, your boy has never been to a single Mardi Gras anything in his life. Your boy, okay, even like even like just a little Mardi Gras get together at home not in new orleans no 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 luke your boy grew up in california you've, you know you've, you know what you've they never do? seen beads i don't even know what a bead is I, I learned what a bead was this weekend and i will say i became a big bead boy over the whole weekend <laughs> we're gonna get there though i always had you pegged as a bead boy. oh i fucking love them luke okay hold on though because we're gonna get there <laughs> your first question was a great one what is mardi gras okay spoken uh-huh. to somebody who has never had any experience with it before it's sort of unbelievable in a way because okay. Luke, you've been to a parade before, right? I'm familiar with them. Yes. You Luke, imagine a parade that doesn't end all day, literally all day. There are people walking by in this parade and that goes on until like midnight. And then the next day at like 11 a.m., it starts again with all new people, all new floats, and oh, so they're actually like floats. And and would you say people like famous people or just like people are walking? I mean, the New Orleans Saints were in one of the floats. Okay. Okay. Um, most of them. So these parades are run by crews, which are just like a bunch of people who sign up to do a parade, and it's like hundreds of people in one of these crews. And they have these like really professionally done floats. They've got lights. They're like, there's, so there's, it's a parade. So there's floats. There are local high school marching bands. There are local junior high marching bands. There are dance teams. There are just like everything, everything's coming by. Anything in a parade is coming by and it's happening all day long. Like there is, it is just all day. And then the next day, more. And the next day, more. It doesn't stop, Luke. It's like, it's, it's truly unbelievable because I was like, where are they getting all these people to do this? <laughs> it is, it is one parade though, right? It's not like a, it's not like there's one parade on, in the West side of the city and one parade in the East side or, so, or is it? I will say it is multiple parades, but they stagger them. So I, I don't think most of them happen. Okay. Now I will say this. I don't know. I might say something out of school. I might be telling tales out of school here because I just know my experience of the thing. Okay. Sure. Um, They are having the parades at different locations in the city. There's like three different parade routes that happen and they're happening at different times. I think so they can clean up the street in the meantime, because not only Luke are people walking in a parade that never ends, they're throwing so much shit. (laughs) This is the other thing that's unbelievable to me. 
it is a never ending um like fire hose of shit that's being thrown at you <laughs> and they don't give a fuck luke <laughs> i got hit in the head multiple times by beads when you're throwing them because they're up on floats and they're hucking them dude they are hucking them they're like uh-huh. probably 20 30 feet off the ground and just like throwing them at people in the crowd it hurts you get hit with a bead in the head people some of the sounds, people i was with it sounds tough some of the people i was with thought they got concussed from beads and it's not just beads they're throwing other stuff too they're throwing like stuffed animals and other big heavy okay. plastic like toilets and plungers and like all kinds what? of shit <laughs> look i'm telling you it's it is a non-stop parade where everybody is throwing things at you and it doesn't it's just it's just infinite it doesn't feel like it has an end <laughs> It's absurd. It's truly the most unbelievable thing I've ever witnessed. Okay. Okay. I love the way that you've described it as just a never-ending parade of people throwing things. At, um, at me in particular, because Luke... At, at Dan specifically. I I didn't know. I went into this thinking like, if somebody throws something at you and you catch it, it's yours, right? I mm. That's a rookie mistake because... By about 2 p.m., uh, I am weighed down. My neck is, like, straining <laughs> from the weight of beads. No, this is not an exaggeration. I probably had 20 pounds of beads around my neck. And I had to just, I had to just stop catching them. I had to just hit them at the ground because I was like, I can't put another bead on my neck. Man, that's a lot... <sighs> Why make that many beads? I think for the clout, Luke. For the clout. I think one okay, of these crews got good. a lot of beads, and then they were like, ha, we had the most beads in our parade. And then one of the other crews <laughs> is like, oh, we got to get more beads this year. And you end up with just a never-ending tide of beads. Luke, the street an, after an a parade. An arms race. It's an arms race, because the street after one of these parades goes by is just like thigh deep with beads. You're wading through <laughs> beads to get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 but here's the thing i i don't think that you've actually answered my question yet because you've you've described to me yeah like what what the actions that are taken during mardi gras are yeah but i still don't know what the like what is what is mardi gras like like there are parades that i've been to but they've been because it's like uh, a holiday yeah I think it's because they love beads is my, is my sense. <laughs> They're just really deep into beads. And Mardi so, Gras means we love beads. It means we love beads and we want to share this with you. <laughs> I mean, true answer is it has something to do with like Fat Tuesday and Catholic tradition about Lent and the beginning of Lent. Like today is the last day of Mardi mm. Gras because Lent starts tomorrow. But a uh, funny answer is it's a bead thing. They just are really into beads. It's a, be- it's a big bead thing. Okay. Also, yeah. everybody how on many, the floats, how many beads? How many beads did you come home with? Uh, oh no, probably forty pounds of beads. Oh, you brought them home? Oh yeah. You know why, Luke? Do you know why I brought a bunch home? I don't. There's two I reasons. Don't know why. There's two reasons. The first is I just felt bad. I just felt so <laughs> shitty at how much garbage was thrown off of these floats that I was like, 
I got to take some on me. I got to take one for the team and bring some of this trash home with me and spread it out a little bit so New Orleans doesn't just become (laughs) covered in beads. Uh, (laughs) The other reason is one of my uh, good friends here in Jackson is marching in the St. Patrick's Day Parade here in Jackson, Mm. which they also throw beads from floats. And she was like, hey, bring me as many beads as you can. And I took it here as a, we go recycling recycling and so I took it as a challenge Actually, no we're reusing exactly it's not even recycling it's better it's one step up it's yeah yeah <laughs> don't even talk to me about reduce oh, no don't talk to anybody at Martin Graw about reducing because they will stab you <laughs> with beads they'll strangle you with beads <laughs> here's what they should do actually it should be a cycle where you start off like Dan, you start off in the crowd catching beads. Oh, this is I love where this is going. Day two, you're on the floats throwing the beads that you caught. Oh my gosh. I love this so much, Luke. The only tweak I'll make is sometimes you want to keep a bead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think the problem with this is we're going to concentrate bead wealth. If we do this, <laughs> that's that's right. We do. We would need a, a method of redistribution, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that's that's just a little bit too complicated for for Mardi Gras. It's yeah. There's not a lot of order that's happening. I mean, I will say the cleanup afterwards. There is so much order because the street gets cleaned up immediately after a parade goes through. It's miraculous. Nice. This is another thing that's unbelievable about it: is the street gets cleaned up so fast. Um, (laughs) but it is truly unbelievable, Luke. Truly. Yeah. It's, it sounds like it. Did you get, did you get your crawfish? No, this is the other issue with Marty, with Martin Graw. There are so many people in New Orleans for this thing. Uh Any place you would want to go to like get a meal. It's like, yeah, we got a two hour wait. (laughs) Oh, you got to have resis. You got to make resis for this. Okay. Okay. Which uh, Give me the give me the beads made of candy. That way two birds. Oh. Yeah, but sticky is such a bad. Everything's already sticky because there's a ton of uh, Mardi Gras right. juice all over the ground. Mm, love Mardi Gras juice. And it's just so sticky. It's mostly margarita. There's a little bit of beer mixed in. <laughs> it is some sticky stuff. If you slip and fall, and you get stuck in Mardi Gras juice, you're you're done. It's like a rat trap. You're stuck down there. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. So so overall, it sounds it sounds great. Positive experience? Uh yeah, dude. It was great. <laughs> it was very fun. I we had it. a great time. I love it. Uh can't wait for next year. You were there for how, is it 3 days? Is that what you said? I was there for Friday night. And Saturday all day, and then we left Sunday morning. Okay. Okay. And Luke, you got to get those numbers up. Luke, the kids get out of school for a week for Mardi Gras. A the week. The kids in New Orleans get out of school for a week because it is. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. It is unbelievable. It is not just a weekend. It goes for a week. <laughs> Every day. Like a mile, like miles worth of parades every day for a week. Man, at that point, like everyone in the city is in 
has been on the parade probably <laughs> you know yeah it truly <laughs> luke the, the numbers per capita the numbers there? aren't adding up no well they're bringing out they're bringing in outsiders to fill these floats mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't love that well they gotta they gotta do it somehow luke we got a week of parades to fill Oh man, I'm jealous. Um, it sounds it sounds fun. The only thing I'm uh, the only thing it sounds like you missed out on is funnel cake. There were a few options but, for it, but I was honestly too obsessed with beads to care. Too obsessed. I was, I was too deep in the beads to care about a funnel cake. Man, if I had a nickel, you know. <laughs> well, at this point, you only have one, but I'll tell you what. Pretty soon. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Well, Mardi Gras. That's the that's the scouting report on Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. I'd love to go one of these days. Check it out. Um, check it out. Okay. Should we should we talk book? Yeah, let's talk a darker shade of magic. Darker shade of magic. We started this this section right when we're going into the masquerade ball. Mm. Which of course nothing goes wrong there. Nothing goes wrong. Um, what well, bef- Just right at the beginning, actually. So she's uh, she's getting some new clothes. Uh-huh. They look great. Yep. Um, I love I love that we get I I love the like focus on outfits uh-huh. in this book actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, I focus might be the wrong word. Like the attention to detail. But I, I do appreciate that we're that we're putting some effort into, into the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, I don't think I don't. On this mission, when you're you're trying to get in and and save Kel, I guess. I, I do think that Lila is is perhaps. In true Lila fashion, too focused on like looking cool versus like dressing for the success of the mission. Yeah, versus like doing the shit that they're there to do. <laughs> yeah, she just she like picks out this outfit and she's like, "This is awesome. I look. I don't look like I'm like a normal person at the ball. I look dangerous." She looks like a shadow demon, and they're like, "Are you sure you want to go dressed as a shadow demon?" And she's like, "Yeah." That looks look, sweet. I look rad as hell. And like, I'm not going to disagree. Honestly, no, I'm going to disagree. She yeah. probably looks rad as hell. But is that suiting the mission? Well, now hold on, Luke. Okay. Let's imagine what's happening right now. This black magic rock is creating mm-hmm. these abominations, these horrible beasts and creatures and people that are controlled by this black magic. She dresses all in black. They're like, "Oh, you're one of us. Come on." Okay. Let's party. Okay. Let's. Let me tell you my secret plan. (laughs) Okay. She's blending in, Luke. (laughs) That's smart. There we go. All right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I. You think she thought of that? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely thought of that. Totally. That was why she went all scary and black. Yep. Um, 
but actually, overall, the the masquerade ball. Am I wrong? Like, I after we were done with it, I was reading for a while, and yeah. then I was thinking back. Yeah. And like, does the fact that it's a masquerade ball play any role whatsoever? The only role it plays is that it lets homegirl get in. But she doesn't need it. The masquerade part of it doesn't, though. Right? But like, the fact that she's wearing a mask means that they can't recognize her and be like, hold on, you're not this person. Although, I guess. I don't, I don't think know, they're though. checking ID, though. You're right. Like, like she comes in with, a, with an invitation... I don't know what the invitation says, but then the guy asks yeah. her how to, uh, how to announce her. And she just like makes it up yeah, and he's like, right. cool. <laughs> so like, she I don't think that she needed the mask. <laughs> um, yeah, but the mask looked cool. Mm. And the masquerade tipped us off that something was going to be a little crazy. <laughs> right. Right. It was like, it was foreshadowing that it was going to be crazy. Yeah, but, but not because it was a masquerade. There was no instance whatsoever of mistaken identity. Right. <laughs> right. Except maybe, I mean, you do have the metaphor of um, Astrid and Riz, Riz. Like, she's wearing him like a mask, so you've got a little bit of a metaphor there. Mm, okay. But like, sure, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it was creepy. I'll take the metaphor, you know? Sure, sure. I like those. Uh, it did. It, I'm sure it looks cool. Honestly, masquerade balls always in the sh- in the shows and movies always a cool thing. Yeah, but we've already identified Luke. It's so dangerous. The danger factor of putting on a masquerade ball is ball is so high. I know. I know. I still would. Um, would you go? Actually, actually, you know what? You know what? It was misdirection. You know? Yeah, Luke. Okay, very good. By the author. By the author. Because we thought we thought there was gonna be hijinks due to mistaken identity, but in fact it was hijinks due to just your 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 everyday possession. Possession, yeah. Luke, here's a question. Would you go to a masquerade ball? You get an invite. Oh, no question. You're going. I'm going. Oh, you you gotta have a plan though. Okay. For if things go south, right? Yeah. You gotta you gotta go prepared. Like, what? hey, we're go- we're going to a masquerade ball. You know what that means? At some point, it's gonna things are gonna happen. Uh-huh. And um, I think you bring walkie talkies. Actually, that's good. You go with a group. You bring walkie talkies. And have an exit strategy. Yeah, but then when somebody steals one of your group members' walkies and their mask. Oh. What do you do? You're done. You're cooked. Your goose is cooked, Luke. Because <laughs> they're, they're just getting you all by yourselves. They're like, hey, Luke, meet me in the back corner by the buffet table. I've got a secret to tell you. And you're like, "That's roger, tough. roger, big eagle. I've... And then you meet them and boom, you're done. They got you. I've, I've played it. I've played into the hands of the masquerade ball. You know what? There's nothing you can do. Honestly, I think I, you're just along for the ride. I do think you have to go, though. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I, I only have one more note during the masquerade ball. 
Mm-hmm. So what happens is they have, they, they like right before this section, the way that they get Cal into the, into the ball is that they have drugged him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and then they like have, have handcuffed him and Astrid has possessed rice, Reese, whatever. Riz. Um, Big Riz. Riz, whatever. And I, <laughs> and I think the point that they're, or the thing that they're trying to do is essentially like the same thing that they did with Holland. Right. Of like yeah. controlling him. Yeah. Here's the thing. I feel like they could have done this at any time with less of these shenanigans. Do you know what I mean? Like earlier in the book, he goes to white London and just like drinks. We we, we talked about this. He's just like drinks a big thing that they give him. Yeah. It's like, okay, why didn't you, why didn't you do it then? Because he didn't drink enough, Luke. He didn't drink enough. He wasn't drunk enough. I was going to, I, as I was saying that I was actually thinking, Astrid and Athos seem to be more in it for the the funsies. Well, I thought the deal was with the Black Stone. Like, they're trying to connect the two to where they could go through. They're trying to make a new door because they want to conquer Red London. And the reason why they needed the Black Stone is they needed one part on each in each London. Yeah, but, like, why didn't just Holland take it to them? can't be trusted Luke (laughs) can't be trusted can't be trusted all of the so okay just just to get this straight in my mind yeah from where did where did Cal get the stone from was it from white London yeah it was from white London some lady came up with the worst story of all time and he took it why I I just just give it to Holland and have him take it to Red London. Yeah. You and hide it. There's no, pl- you need no planning. You just need Hol- like, Hey Holland, take this to the other side and we'll do it uh-huh. in like five minutes. Yeah. But Luke, the power, <laughs> maybe they didn't. Okay. Oh, Luke, hold on. Holland. I think oh, at one point did hold the stone, right? Very briefly. I think, I think so. But he didn't really have much control over the stone at any point in the story. Right. What if he would have freed himself with it? The stone has, like, Mm. sort of unlimited power in a way. This is a good point. This is a good point. Maybe he could have used that power to free himself, and so they couldn't trust Holland with it. Okay. Sure. Sure. I can... I'll take that. Can we do that? Okay. I think we can do that. I mean, the the thing is, though, that they... (laughs) So the plan, the full plan, yeah, I think, yeah. right, is that they get him to take the stone and then they send Holland after him yeah. to get the stone. Yeah, that seems like it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Okay. Also, okay. what's the rush? I didn't understand the rush. Like, make a bunch of these little necklaces. Mm. Make it the hottest mm. fashion item. Yeah, and then mass-produced necklaces. Mass-produced these necklaces, and then take your time with it, guys. That's fair. I the, so so my explanation 
as we were talking actually yeah. leads into another note of mine. Okay. Um, which is something that Athos says right before he and Kel start fighting. So, so I'm fast forwarding a little bit, but we can come back. Yeah. Um, Athos says something along the lines of Holland didn't win their like power struggle. Yeah. Because he didn't like relish war. He, he thought he viewed war as a means to an outcome. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Athos and Astrid just like, like war. Yeah. Which, which, my original note is just like I kind of a I I actually really like this as like a villain thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think it can explain kind of these these weird plans uh, that I think were unnecessary. Where they're just like we're just we're just doing cool stuff. They're they're we jokering. Want... They're playing Joker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel that. I think you're right. They just are purely doing it for the sport they're doing it for the love of the game Mm -hmm. and yeah they aren't really that interested in ruling they're just interested in causing as much chaos as possible right Uh, which is why we should have nothing to do with them which is why i don't understand why we were like even talking to them guys (laughs) what are we doing come on guys Mm. i okay this is going to take me to a note that sort of happens at the end, but we can come back because I think now is the time to talk about it. The king of Red London, I think his name is like Maximus or something. Sure. When he finds out what happens, he's like, we're going to war. What, what do you have to gain from that? Do you know what I mean? I, I, I actually don't remember this line. Um, he says he's going, they're going to war like with white London. Yeah. And uh, oh, oh, that, that's be- before they know that, yeah, uh, Athos and Astrid are dead, right? Kel talks him down, he's like, They're dead already, but like, before they know, they're like, We're going to war. Like, you're not conquering territory because you don't want London, like, you don't want white London, right? That's not a fi- there's right. no resource there that they have that you want. Just, just say bye, just say you can't come in anymore, bye. Right, because you, you've already abandoned them to the like horrible proximity to black London. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so like, (laughs) all you can really do is just like fully close the door. Just be like, if we see Holland again and then he's like, Oh, Holland's dead tight. Okay. Then we're good. (laughs) This is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You're playing right into their hands. Because how do you go to war? You got to have a big door for armies to go through. Guess what? They'd love that. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, we'd love a big door between White London and Red London. Please open one up. This is, it's actually plans within plans. This was the real plan. Oh, Luke. <laughs> okay. The Danes are tricky. Tricky little guys. Very tricky. They're just, they're just trying to see what they can get away with, honestly. Yeah, I that's think. true. They're, they're, bunch of rascals over there <laughs> getting up to no good um so i i actually my my later my next stuff is actually towards the end do you have anything before we get oh like, no let's to the big battle yeah as, so masquerade as... riz riz gets healed up a little bit they talk to 
uh, Kel's old teacher. We find out, oh, surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise, girls got one eye. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, to be fair, we didn't know, but like clearly something was up. And right. then we make it to White London. Yeah. Um, and then, so there's there's kind of a two-pronged attack in white london right one is kel goes up and is fighting with athos mm-hmm. and then um what do i and then lila like goes in the back door yeah yeah and and <laughs> she makes a big thing about how there's tons of guards but since they're guards against their will right you have to give them really specific instructions or they won't do it. Yeah. Which like, which I, I, I get, I, I agree with. Yeah. I think, I think that's a fun, I think that's kind of a fun concept to play with. Yeah. The only thing is that like, I don't think that you really need to be that specific for guard duty. Like what were the orders that they gave actually that didn't work because the guards just let her go. Yeah. It's gotta be like, were they like don't let Kel in but like then the problem is why would they say something that specific I know exactly if you're about to go into your like super crazy meditative state be like don't let anyone in exactly and then yeah but I think they want to Luke they relish the fight (laughs) so they're the guards I think the guards are there just for intimidation it's a the guards are an aesthetic choice yeah, the guards are like decoration at this point. This this is actually a good point because like also, why would you have a child guard? Yeah, see? That's purely <laughs> there to fuck with Leela, right? That's to see if Leela will kill a child in cold blood. Which and, spoiler, she did. She will. Oh no. I feel <laughs> like okay, speaking of this, was she too quick to do a kill on this kid? Um, I, I mean, I, I, I think you can probably pretty easily say yes. But do you mean like they should have tried to free the kid? Come up with some loophole, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there's gotta be a loophole where, oh, you, you, I don't know. You stopped me for a minute and then I left. Or where's another <laughs> door? You could tell me where another door is and I'll go in that Right. One. Like... Yeah. Spend a little bit of time looking for loopholes before you're like, well, all right, bud. <laughs> I don't disagree. She's in a hurry, though, Dan. Yeah, but she also doesn't even know how this magic works, right? She's just like, oh, I guess that you can control people's minds permanently with this. Like, she just assumes the rules, right? Right. It is interesting how, in in this case, she makes no effort to, like, break the seal or or whatever they call it yeah and then later as she actually gets to astrid who is in her little coma thing with the shield around her she's like oh i can just break it yeah (laughs) by like scratching out the rune um i i do agree with you that you you try to find a little workaround especially when you see the like the hundred or however many other regular guards you can just like walk by. Like, why would they give like this? All the other guards, they're like, stand there. <laughs> and they're like, 
Child guard, you. No one through this door. There's right. got to be. There's if there's loopholes around the others. There's loopholes around around this little fella. Uh, around child guard, yeah, agreed. Child guard McGee. Oh, I think he's coming back. Oh, that's my hot take. He's coming back. We're gonna see him in book two. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Um, yeah, but okay, okay. So, so we get past the guards. Have a little have a little confrontation with Astrid, mm-hmm. and then we skip over to Kel's fight with Athos. Yeah, where he's getting dominated. Yeah, because he won't use the stone. He won't use the stone, and then he starts using the stone, but he's just like kind of bad at it. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Whereas Athos is really good at it. Right. And then suddenly, the reason that Kel wins. Is because Athos just like accidentally kills himself. Yeah, Athos. I think the the messaging here is just that like control works well until it doesn't. Like as soon as something is beyond Athos's control with the serpent, it's he's mm-hmm. done. Like the magic mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. wants vengeance on him for what it made him do. So were you? extremely unsatisfied with this yeah for sure okay okay because i was reading this and i was just like wait so like this is how kel wins this fight so he just got eaten by a snake he just like he just like did a spell and then through no actions of kel yeah it backfires on him yep luke that's how it goes sometimes man kind of a rookie mistake yeah, pretty big rookie mistake, especially because you know how this works already. You've had time to research this. Right. No serpents. No serpents. Rule it's one. It's written right there on the rock. It's on the other side of the rock. The first side says magic. The other side says no serpents, dude. You know what? You know what happened? What happened? Kel has the one. Kel has the side that says no serpents. Oh, that's how he knew. Because as soon as the serpent came out, Kel was like, mm-hmm. oh, big mistake, buddy. You know, you don't, you can't go serpent. You uh, read it right here. <laughs> you're right, Luke. When you're right, you're right. <laughs> um, I also felt like Astrid's death was a little weird. Did you? So they turned her to stone, right? Mm-hmm. And then Kel was like, that's not enough, though. We got to make sure she can't come back. And he shatters her into a million rocky pieces. Mm-hmm. I think that's a waste. Waste? What do you mean by waste? I think it would be great to have a statue of Astrid around somewhere. You don't have to use mm. the same pieces that you made. You know what I mean? Get some other rocks, make a replica, and then destroy the OG. Well, could you put back... Because, yeah, he, he turns her into a statue and then yeah. shatters the statue. Yeah. Could you put it back? Could you rebuild it? Probably, right? Oh, I no. think so. Is this book two? Kid, kid guard comes back and Astrid's like, they made my statue back. They reforged my statue. Kid guard, kid guard gets really into puzzles and he wants to do, he wants to put the statue back together. Yeah. That sounds good. That sounds like a book I'd read. Yeah, I'd for sure read book two on that. Um, half The first half of the book is like, kid guard tried piece number one. It didn't fit. 
So he put it down. <laughs> that's right. Um, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I. That's not the part that I think I struggled with. I. I had a. I. So did he actually know that it was Astrid because she said please? I think that's what he said. Yeah. But he also was like, I was guessing at the end. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I imagine a fair amount of this was the stone corrupting him too, right? Oh. Cause he was deep in the stone at that point. As in you think this, like you think the stone told him essentially that it was Astrid or do you think the stone was just like kill Lila, man? I think the stone was just like fucking go for it. <laughs> I think the stone was That'd like, be she so... is annoying. <laughs> That'd be so funny because like she, the real her comes out like a minute later. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> the stone's perspective. Like, ah, damn it. All right. Try killing that one too. I think, imagine, this is the one that I'm believing actually, because imagine Kel's perspective. He's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally knew. I totally did. I'm totally in control. Don't worry about it. It's fine the whole time. (laughs) I'm just like really perceptive that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think. That sounds right to me. Um, They made a mistake with Holland, right? By sending him to to uh, Black London? Dude's like totally not dead, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, he's still alive when he goes. To magic land. To like the most crazy magic land that you brought your dead brother back to life with. And you're like, ah, he'll die on the other side. Don't worry about it. Cal, come on, (laughs) bud. Right, right. He sends a barely alive uh, Antari, I think is the word. Yep. um, Who has shown to be like better at fighting than him. So much better. To the land of dangerous magic that is known for possessing people. Yeah. And he's like, oh, problem solved. There we go. He we like did it. Claps we did his it, hands folks. together. We did it. Mission accomplished. Let's go home. <laughs> also, all one would need would be a token from White London to get back. Which he has. He's wearing clothes. Yeah. They didn't send him nude. It's e- easiest return ever. Oh, my right? gosh. Yeah, he's got everything he needs. And he's already demonstrated the desire to dominate white London. Like, he wants to rule. Mm-hmm. This is not just some, like, friendly guy who maybe he'll, like, accept his sacrifice and go on. If he, if he survives this, he's like, oh, now I've got all this power. Great. This is exactly what I wanted. Thanks, Cal. <laughs> that was cool. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um... I, yeah, that's probably probably a bit of a mistake. I mean, also, like, you kind of at this point knew that the stone was, like, donezo, right? Yeah. And, like, I get that you're like, I just want to make sure. But I, obviously this is more risky. I don't know. I think part of the issue with it, Luke, is that it's a totem. Mm. So, like... An Antari can use it to get to Black London. I see. I see. And it's the only totem he knows of. Which is, because I agree with you. I was thinking the same thing. Like, why are you going to this much effort to, like, be sure? Yeah. 
That's a valid point. We don't want people going to Black London, for sure. <laughs> except for except for barely alive enemies. They can go. Barely alive, very powerful, highly motivated enemies. <laughs> um okay, but but right before this, the there Kel is having his little battle with the with the magic. Yeah. The personified magic. Yeah. And he wins by basically saying go away. Dude, come on. Right? Yeah. Could come- you not have done this at any point? Why isn't that step one? <laughs> Why is that not like, oh, you know what I should try with this magical artifact? Telling it to like disappear. Maybe that'll work. <laughs> it's like... It's, I, I think, pretty well known, right, that you can't kill magic, but you can, I think he says, like, dis- dissipate it or, or whatever yeah. the word he uses. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if you knew that. I, you, know, you know who came up with the idea, too? Hmm. Lila. Kel has spent years training in magic. And Lila's like, can't you just, like, I don't know, tell it to go away or whatever? And Kel's like, oh, how did I not think of that? Oh. <laughs> Huge. Huge. He's Honestly, He's here's panicking. the thing. <laughs> Would this work if you went to Black London? Is this why Black London fell? They didn't know? Nobody tried it. Nobody was like, hey, have you ever tried telling the magic to go away? Well, I do think, too, Luke, there's a possibility here that they, it wouldn't work until the stone was made whole again. Because it was two pieces. He put the pieces together and had this, like, crazy fight. And then he was like, now I can send it away. At least maybe that's the... Maybe. The I, I don't I don't know why that would be the I case. Because, because it seems like it's just, like, you can tell magic to go away. Yeah. But it could be. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Also, how effective this was, Luke... Like, all of it went away. Like Very every, thorough. Yeah. Extremely thorough. All of it went away. Um, except the part that was keeping his brother alive. That part sticks around. The good... When you say go away, what you're really saying is the good parts can stay, but the bad stuff has to go away. Crazy parts gotta the go. The key, though, the key, though, is you have to say it verbally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's not strong enough true so true <laughs> um i think i could i think i could if i if i was an Antari, unstoppable i think because oh. i would like i would like think about stuff you know and like practice things and maybe make plans maybe you like learn all the magics from each london and then you're just even more powerful Mm, instead of just mm-hmm. chilling in one that is like cool and comfy maybe you go outside for once right maybe you get off for your once, dang phone yeah. and you learn a skill or a hobby <laughs> in this metaphor the phone is red london right yeah right um speaking of a hobby luke lila still wants to just be a pirate lila <laughs> lila you were She's like to it in gray london i want to be a pirate so bad and then you spent like less than a day in the most magical place you've ever seen and are like, ah, that pirate dream is still looking pretty good to me. 
still hey i you know it's conviction she knows what she wants what if being a pirate here is not possible what if it's like you get out of the open seas and there's magic so you can't steal from anyone <laughs> that'd be tough that'd They're be like, tough yeah we solved um, piracy with magic so why do you want why well, are you getting so- on my ship being a pirate is more of a state of mind. Oh. A little yar hard Do what you want because a pirate is <laughs> That's free. right. We've read so That's many exactly pirate right. books, Luke, because I remember making this joke like years ago about pirates for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, this is kind of similar to what I said about Cal already. But yeah. We we kind of learn, but are mostly already knew that there's something going on with Lila. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because she can, for one thing, travel between the Londons. But also, Kel's old teacher tells her that there's, like, she's got something going on. Something special. Do you not, like, be like, okay, what what is it? <laughs> no, you just should want I go to... The, should I go to the magic doctor uh-huh. and just, like, see what magic I have? It's terminal. Unfortunately, she doesn't want to know. She wants to be a pirate. Luke. Okay, that's fair, actually. So, it's an interesting choice. Is all I'm gonna say. I agree with you, hundred percent. Hundred. Also, um, being a pirate actually, could be so different, right? Like her understanding of a pirate is like cannons and swashbuckling. Maybe this piracy is like financial fraud. You know what I mean? You're like cooking <laughs> books and like faking how much plunder, like how much cargo you've transported from one place to another and that's how piracy works in this world and she's like oh this sucks it's not fun that's not cool um also okay okay so she walks around and finds some ships and finds one that she likes i i i was a little bit unclear whether she was stealing it or if she got that as a reward because she kind of says something about getting a reward okay yeah now that aside, yeah. As we've read in other pirate books, you you need like a crew, huh. uh-huh, and like a pirate ship. It it seemed to me almost like she was picking a one man ship, uh-huh. and just like yeah, I'm gonna ride this speedboat around. Yeah, it's, but she's gonna be dressed up ski, like she's actually. gonna be dressed up like a pirate. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she's this gonna say true. she's gonna say "yar" all the time. Well, is she dressed up like a pirate? No. Because she's still wearing her her cool badass suit from the masquerade her, ball. Her demon shadow outfit. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe it's magic. Maybe it's like a magically like piloted ship where all the crew okay. functions are done by little magic bobbles. Including boarding the other ship and stealing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say that. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and she just happened to pick she the was, one that not only has like, cool sales, but all this stuff. I'll take the automated pirate ship, please. <laughs> the king and queen are like, what are you going to do with that? I wonder. <laughs> and she's like, oh, me? Nothing. <laughs> Just having, about a little, it. just having a little joy ride. Um, so, yeah, good for her, you know? 
She's she's living her dream. <sighs> I say dream bigger. Mm-hmm. When you realize the world that you live in is a dream, you need a new dream. I agree. I agree. Hey, maybe get a job from the crown as the freaking world explorer. You'd love that, and they really need someone to do it. Yep. <laughs> hey, what's like right over there? Lila, figure it out. Can we also talk about the fact that Lila is literally the only person who Cal has ever been able to transport between worlds, and they just say bye? It is odd, yeah. He's like, all right, well, it was it was nice knowing you. Um, good luck with your fun adventures. I'm going to go back to passing messages, I guess. Or let's not explore this interesting thing that just happened at all. <laughs> yeah, but she's got to go. She's got to go be a pirate. Yeah, okay. It's important. You're right, Luke. It is. It is so important. Um, I think this is a hot take, Luke. But I'm gonna say that the government of Red London deserves to fall. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I. I don't think I disagree. Yeah. But do you have do do you have more that you want to say on it first actually? It's just predicated on such a weak idea. Like they they stuck with like blood lineage for monarchy. They stuck with mm-hmm. that. They were like, yeah, we'll keep that. Meanwhile, there's no correlation between how powerful in the the magical arts you are and your bloodline. So, like, we're some of the weakest people around and just get bodied whenever a strong mage comes through. <laughs> well, so, yes, I, I, that's a good point. I, it's a little bit unclear to me what role magic even plays. Making fun little treats, I think, in Red London, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Cool outfits. Cheating at cards. Cool outfits and, and fun parades. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Is this just Mardi Gras? Hold on. <laughs> it's just red Mardi Gras, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus a masquerade ball. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they're doing magic for. They have it. And like the, gu- the guards dude. have these special swords. Just... Yeah. Just have your king and queen be, I don't know, elected maybe? I mean, it is in, it is set in like, I don't know, the 1800s or 1700s or, or whatever. Okay. But Luke, I'm a powerful bone mage. And the king and queen are just people. They're not really even good at magic. I'm defeating them and their son. I'm mid- no, that's I'm... why they have this, they, they have the anti-magic swords, Dan. Yeah, but they didn't see me coming because I'm a bone mage. And they can't detect my bone magic until it's too late. And then they're cubes. I've turned them into cubes, and now I'm the king. Because what are you going to do? Your king's already a cube. You're not reversing that. I'm the bone mad, mad magician. Ugh. It's fair. How are you reversing the cube? You can't do it. You're, it's done. <laughs> I did one spell, cube, and your king is cube, dead. Cube. <laughs> <laughs> I did one spell, and it's over. Because your monarchy isn't that powerful in this, like, this like language of power that everyone has access to, but, but them apparently, and maybe the King and queen are slightly better at magic, but they're not the best. Right. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Also Riz is like 
so bad at magic. This is what causes all the trouble. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but he's cool, though. Uh, People like him. Kind of. No. In a way. They, he's I kind don't. of fun and mischievous. Uh, I don't like him. <laughs> I say good riddance. I hope he goes. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, do you have Do you have more on that's this what, ending? I think that's all I've got about the ending, Luke. Okay. Um, should we do reviews? Okay. Let's Let's do some reviews then, since yeah. we're done with our notes. Um, I guess I guess I'll start. I think. I think that this book was predicated on a really cool concept. Like mm-hmm. the idea for the, for the, for the story is, is pretty cool. Yeah. I think the execution of this was a, was a bit of a mess. Yeah. I think for, as, yeah, yeah, yeah. For a lot of the reasons that we've said, I mean, like we didn't really talk about it in this episode, but in previous episodes we talked about like, I, I didn't have a big, attachment to any character um and like a lot of the plot points and the way that things like went were based on either people like making stupid mistakes or just like i don't know weird plans that didn't make a ton of sense to me which i don't know kind of bothers me i maybe maybe that's where i can stop i I was a little bit bugged, I guess, just by the way that the idea was executed. Yeah, I think I agree with you. The word I would use is sort of contrived. Like, it felt like the thing that kept pushing us forward in the plot was a little bit, like, contrived. Like, they just put these characters in this position because it would move the plot forward. And that felt, Mm -hmm. like, weird to me. It felt obvious that that we were trying to go somewhere. And it was, right. it was not, it didn't feel supernatural. I also, I wasn't that into the fights, which is disappointing. Um, yeah. The fights weren't, weren't that cool. I feel like there was so much potential in this book, like you were saying, that didn't quite materialize in the way I wanted it to. With like, the Danes were super ominous and scary. Yeah. And I thought that characterization was really good. Um I thought Lila at the beginning had like a very interesting sort of vibe that could have been developed a little bit more. Um, and I don't know, people were just like dying for no reason, it seemed. And like, it just felt a little bit hollow, I think. It felt like we were living mm-hmm. in white London for this book, to use a, to use a little metaphor from the yeah. book. I, I, I do think that you're onto something here where it felt like, the idea for the book was created and the like points a and points B were identified. Yeah. And then just like, we drew a straight line Mm. from there and we're like, yeah, to get, to get from the beginning to the end, we have to make stuff happen. And like, I realize that that's how books are often written, but like this one just felt like kind of lazily throwing, putting things together to me yeah yeah i guess like a good book if i'm thinking about how a good book does this you aren't aware that it's happening like it it, you're you're following the trail but you're not aware that the author is like pushing you to this to this point b and yeah here it felt like okay all right we know where we're going um so yeah like 
I, I completely agree with you. Great idea. I wasn't super pleased with the execution of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, there we go. I mean, also, I, I will say, just to, just to finish, we're doing compliment sandwiches. Love it. Uh, just to finish, I, I do think the author has very cool, like, the way that it's written, I think, is, is kind of neat. Just would the, like, that, flow. Would you call that prose, Luke? I think it might be prose. I'm starting to hear the word prose now, mm-hmm. nowadays. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, but, okay. So, so let's wrap up A Darker Shade of Magic. Um, and, Dan, I know you're hyped for what we're doing, what we're starting next week. This is a book that I have been interested in reading for a while now. It's a series. It's pretty big. There's a TV show about it. The Expanse, folks. That's right. We're getting to The Expanse. Luke, what's that first book? The first book, uh, we're going to start reading Leviathan Wakes by James S.A. Corey is on the, is on the book, we, which Dan has informed me is multiple people. It's two. It's two dudes that are the author of this book, which is fun. Uh, and speaking of two dudes, Luke, you and me, we're going to be reading uh, that book next us. week, and we're going to be bringing hot takes. And being dumb nerds. Yeah.